Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. I think the principles of being blessed are found in a prayer in Scripture called the, the Jabez Prayer. There was a guy there in the Old Testament that, that just, well, it says God granted his request. In looking at his prayer, I think we'll have some insight into, some, into a way to be blessed like he was. Let me remind you of his prayer, okay? It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. It's probably good to remember that, that God says, this is an honorable man. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. As I mentioned last week, it's not clear whether it was just because he had a big old head or whether it was a painful time in her life, like maybe you know, his dad left before he was born. But Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from evil so that I will not cause any pain. And God granted his request. Now let me push you just a bit with this this morning. We know that God gave, uh, that God sees Jabez as a man of honor. That's why he granted his request. So his prayer wasn't a prayer of greed, like God give me more houses, give me more land. I want to be, I want to own all the state of Texas or something like that. Now that, that wasn't there because of his character. But God may have answered his prayer for an enlarged territory with more land and crops and cattle. But that would have been a byproduct of what was at the root of his prayer. You see, the word that's used there for territory when he says, God enlarge my territory, is also a word that was used to describe a, a coast or the line, the, the boundary, the fence rows, if you will. So his prayer may not have been for more stuff or bigger stuff or newer stuff, but it may have just as easily been for new horizons, new frontiers, to boldly go where he'd never been before. His requested blessing may have been for God to take him where he knew he needed to be, but, but he'd never yet experienced you see, here's the deal. God blesses us when he enlarges our territory to help us move beyond our past. What an incredible blessing it is to be given that fresh start, that clean slate, that, that space beyond the boundaries that have limited us. And that prayer makes sense for an honorable man, an honorable man like Jabez who was constantly reminded of a painful past. Eventually, don't you get to the point where you just think, okay, enough already. Can, can we just move past this? That's where the blessing of God was. I mean, look around at the people that you know and deal with on a regular basis who can't seem to move past their past. They just keep reliving it, and they're told by their counselors, well, this is a trigger, and this is a trigger. Yeah, trigger died a long time ago and got stuffed in Roy Rogers Museum, okay? Let it go. 
They can't forgive, they can't trust, they can't commit, and they can't love. Clearly, it's easier for them to settle for a small life in the confines of the fence rows of their past. And for them, and for us, It'll take a bold faith to ask God to bless you with new territory for a new life beyond what you've ever imagined. Now, I've got a couple of assistants this morning. Kay and Claudia are gonna come here. Kay is a longtime family friend and, and now's the big high sign for you to come and, and talk about what it is to be in amazement of God and in wonder of how he moves us into a place of more. Well, quite a few years ago, uh, Ed and I went into the ministry. We were 22 years old, maybe, somewhere around there. And, you know, you go to school, they kind of prepare you. But we get into it, it's like, oh, boy, I, I need boldness to go into a territory I've never been before because it became very clear that I, I needed to step up. and. So I pray, God, you're going to have to get me out of the comfort zone because I like just being in the background, okay? And, um, well, when you pray, God gets, he takes that serious. So he, <laughs> he uh, helped me step up because uh, we were asked early on in our ministry to go work with a bunch of teenagers at a youth camp, a church camp. And uh, not only to go be counselors, you know, they asked me to teach every day. And it's like okay, I've not done this before, but uh, I guess God took my prayer serious, so uh, here we go, going boldly into this territory that I've never been before. But So God, um, he used me. When you ask God to use you, it's amazing how he'll bless you, right? And, and by blessing you, he, he blesses others. So a girl in my cabin, her name's Tony. She um, early, well, into the week a little bit, she, she asked, she came to me, she says, what, what do I need to do to be a Christian? And it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> I've not done this before, but, uh, you know, I'm, I didn't let her know that. But um, I went in and I said, hey, how about if we, we go over here to a quiet place? And so her sister also came to camp that year, and she was kind of quiet and just, she wanted to tag along. Okay, because she hadn't made friends yet. So I said, okay, come on, you know. And so I'm I'm face to face with Tony and, and opening the Bible with her and talking with her and and uh, Tony's just kind of sitting there taking it all in and her sister steps up and says, "Hey, I want to be baptized." And it's like, "Wait a minute, uh, you weren't even paying attention. How, you obviously were listening." So she said she wanted to be baptized, and so Tony's like, "Oh." Well, okay, so both of them then were baptized that day, and it's like, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for being with me, helping me to expand my territory to bless others so their territory could be expanded as well. And so um, it's like, okay, I had to get into this because I'm kind of stuck with him. So, I mean, we're in this together. So uh, I've enlarged your borders. You have enlarged in many ways, but anyway... <laughs> So here we go, you know, how many years later? We're, we're still doing this and still in it. And I, and I just wanted to, can I do this segue into our women's retreat? Okay, so um, <laughs> we're having sign up today for a women's retreat. And I have to tell you, this is our 15th year already. And God has expanded that territory too, because when we first started, we only had like 34 ladies. 
Last year we had 66, and we have uh, kind of uh, grown out of the Monroe Lodge we've been meeting at, and so this year we're going to have to meet in the dining hall where there's a lot more room. We can mingle, do activities together. So God has expanded that as well, and I'm just in awe of how he's also um, worked in lives of you women out there because some, a lot of you have stepped up to, to teach some classes. You have given your testimony. So you, you went into a territory with boldness, too, to step up, and others were blessed because of that. So when we expand our territory, God's territory is also expanded. His kingdom grows and is bigger. So I'll pass it off to you now. Your turn. <laughs> Well, this is beyond my territory, but I've never spoken in front of the whole congregation. I've spoken in front of ladies, but uh, God has blessed me in many ways, and I believe that back in 1985 is when my life started to change. And I'm just going to briefly go through many years really quick here, so I don't take up a lot of your time. But in 1985, I decided to give my life to Christ, and my life has changed immensely. Uh, 180 degrees, I mean, it's just amazing. In 85, uh, I met a, a lady that I hadn't seen in years, and she had invited me to church. And so I started going to church, and then let's skip to 1986. Then Ed and Claudia come into the picture, and they moved to Toledo and started preaching in that. And I got to know them a little bit. And then in the next year, uh, I had asked Claudia about a question I was really curious about, and I wasn't really sure what I was stepping into. But I'm, I'm quickly finding out. <laughs> that I'm expanding my territory right now, I asked her, I said, you know, is this all there is to church? Is just going to church and that's it? And she said, well, there is more. So she said, she invited me to a Bible class with four of us, I think it was. And we, we had a study and we, she taught us about Jesus and that. And that's how I become falling in love with Jesus because he is my life, he is my savior. He's brought me a long way. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to do this. <laughs> but um, I, I'm from a family of one. That means me. I was the only child. And so through the years that I got to know Ed and Claudia, they invited me into their holiday family. And they have a many, many families. <laughs> they have a large family. And I was overwhelmed. But they all treated me with love and kindness and grace. And they just, I've been with them for many years. I've known them, what, 35 years? At least. At least 35 years. God is good. So uh, I've been so blessed, not only by Ed and Claudia, but by their example that they have brought into my life. Because I've never known a God so loving and so tender and so gracious as he has been to me. And many blessings. And so, um, I think uh, I've been to many trips. I went to singles retreats. I've you know, gone in a plane, which I never did before in my whole life. And uh, that's been a blessing. It's just he has expanded me immensely in that. And so I am so gracious to him that he died for not only me, but for all of us that we can say, we can call him our savior. And uh, it's been a blessing to me. And that's about it. He expanded to me, really expanding it today. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for uh, 
what he has done for all of us, and he can do it for everybody. Thank you. When you ask God to open doors, you have to be prepared to follow through. Because God wants to bless us with more, even though it's easier for us to settle for less. There's a great illustration of that principle in, in the Old Testament in Judges chapter 1. Let me just highlight it for you, okay? God's rescued his people from slavery in Egypt, and he did so by sending a guy named Moses to lead them. And he used his successor, Joshua, to lead his people into the land that he promised their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But now Joshua's time has passed, and it's up to them to actually move into and claim the promised land that God had given them. So in Joshua 1, verse 19, it says they move on in, and there are different tribes. The tribe of Judah failed to drive out the people that were living in the plains because they had iron chariots. In verse 21, the tribe of Benjamin failed to drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. In verse 27, the tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Bethshan and Tanakh and Dor and Abliam and Megiddo. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites so that they continued to live among them. I'm starting to hear a theme develop, don't you? The tribe of Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Kitron and Nahalal so that the Canaanites continued to live among them. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Akos, Sidon, Alab, Akzub. I was doing pretty good there. I just kind of let it roll. I have no idea how to pronounce these names. But anyway, there were a number of places. And they failed to drive them out. And so they moved in with them and lived among them. And in verse 33, likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh and Bethanoth. And instead, they moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land. And finally, the summary of it in verse 34 of Judges 1. As for the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back into the hill country. Now, I have no expectation at all of you trying to remember the different names or places and locations. But what I do want you to, to hear is that even though that this was the place of God's blessing, they failed and failed and failed to completely claim it as their own. And instead, it was easier for them to just settle for less. Same principle today. God gives us opportunities. He rewards our obedience. But if it's not easy, then we tend to, like all of those different tribes, just settle for less and learn to get along. And in the process, we lose what God has in store for us. That was kind of the point that Jesus was making when he told the parable of the three servants in Matthew 25. You may remember hearing the story. A man was going on a long trip. He had a number of servants. He called them together, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. To one, he gave five bags of silver. To another, he gave two bags of silver. And to a third one, he gave one bag of silver coins. 
And it says that he divided it up in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. Apparently, he had not gone through the latest diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Because otherwise, he would have given everybody the same. But no, it says that he knew their abilities and he gave them according to their abilities. He knew that there would not be an equal outcome, but everyone had an equal opportunity to use the ability that, that they had. And see, here's the truth about God. He provides equal opportunity, knowing that there will not be equal outcome. It goes on, it says, the servant who received the five bags of silver put the money to work, and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also put it to work, and he earned two more. But there was the last servant who only received one bag of silver. He dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Well, when the master came back, he called them to give an account for what he had given to them. And it says in chapter 25, verse 21, that when the guy with the five bags of silver showed him that he had made five more, his response was, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things, so now I'll put you in charge of many things. Come celebrate with me. And the same thing happened with the next servant who had two bags of silver and gained two more. And then there's this twist in the plot in verse 25 of Matthew 25. Then the man who'd received only one bag of money came and said, Master, I knew you were a hard man. You harvest where you've not planted, you gather crops where you've not scattered seed, and I was afraid if I lost your money, I was afraid to lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. And the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? Then I could have gotten some interest on it. And so he ordered his servants, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. And it says in verse 29, everyone who uses what they have will get more. They'll have much more than they need. But from those who do nothing, even the little that they do have will be taken away from them. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where it will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's pretty rough. But here's the principle as it applies to Jabez. God wants to bless us with more and not settle for less. And here's the key. Everyone has the opportunity to please their master. Everyone has the opportunity to be part of his celebration. But the ones who settle for less, the ones who refuse to follow him through the open doors, the ones who refuse to go where they've never been before, and become what they've never been before are the same ones who see their master differently. The other two saw him as a master who was generous and rewarding. The one who was afraid, though, got his character completely wrong. They accused him of being abusive, even accused him of being a thief, that he would pull into somebody's field and, and harvest the crops that weren't even his. You see... 
God wants to work through us to enlarge and expand his territory. And that's where we often fall short. We assume that it's just about us. But in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it says there, the angel explained the Lord's message to Zerubbabel. It's a morning for difficult names, obviously. <laughs> but he explains to Zerubbabel about rebuilding the temple there in Jerusalem. He says, I'm the Lord all-powerful. So don't depend on your own power or strength, but on my spirit. And to the Corinthians, he says in chapter 1, verse 27, Instead, God shows the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. And in trying to comprehend where God would lead us and how God would bless us, he says in chapter 2, verse 9, that there's no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And speaking of God working in us and through us, he says in chapter 3, verse 9, we are co-workers with God. You're like a farm that belongs to God. You're a house that belongs to God. So that leaves us with this summary, this equation, if you will. God takes my willingness and my weakness and combines it with his will and his ability. And the result of that is we end up living large for God. But not because we're greedy and we just want more and more and more for ourselves. No, it all revolves around the will of God. And the power of God to make that will happen. Why would we not ask God to use us in greater ways? To make a greater impact for his greater glory. It's not about us just being in the spotlight. It's not about us just getting more stuff for ourselves. It's simply about our willingness for God to use us. Kind of like Cindy's illustration. It's about being willing for God to be in us, like that hand in the glove. It's the spirit of Isaiah when he volunteered to be used by God and he says, here am I, send me. It's the question posed to Ezekiel, who will stand in the gap for me? It's the call of God to Moses. I'm going to rescue my people from Egypt. Now you go speak to Pharaoh. It's the willingness of Mary who responded to the angel, I'm the Lord's servant. It's the willingness of Jesus to tell his father, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's the willingness of Ananias to obey God when he said, you need to go speak to Saul of Tarsus. And he says, are you sure? Do you know what he's done? And yet he willingly goes to share with him God's will for his life. It's the willingness of Philip to leave a good work where great things were happening, to go out into the middle of nowhere, it's referred to as a desert, but there he meets the Ethiopian treasurer of state who wants to know, I don't understand what I'm reading. Is this talking about the prophet or someone else? And he began, he began at that scripture and preached to him Jesus and forgiveness of sins. 
It's the willingness of Legion after he's been healed of his demons and he's finally clothed and in his right mind and after he's been, made an embarrassment of himself in his own hometown, he wants to go with Jesus and get a fresh start, start over someplace else where nobody knows him and Jesus sends him back to his hometown. Later on, when 5,000 gathered to hear Jesus and they were fed the loaves and the fish, you know what area that was in? The hometown of a guy who had been known as Legion. It was the willingness to go where God needed them to go, to do what God needed them to do. Just like it was the same willingness of the 12 disciples and others to wait in Jerusalem for the spirit that Jesus promised. Because he says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. Jabez knew, like Kay knew years ago, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to church than just coming. Now, it doesn't mean don't come. It just means there's got to be more, right? And Jabez knew there's got to be more. And so he was willing to ask God for a fresh start. I've always been known as someone who brought pain. God, help me get past this. Help me see new horizons. Help me have a fresh start. That means you have to be willing to let God stretch us. So that he can stretch the boundaries of his kingdom. David, I want you to praise team. Join me on stage. And we'll wrap up with this. So my question for you this morning is this. Are you willing to be stretched by God? Are you willing to put yourself in a position for God to use you in ways that he's never used you before? Like Claudia said, are you willing to ask God to use you and then, and then actually open the Bible with somebody when they say, teach me how to become a Christian? Are you willing like Kay in her mid-40s to agree to go to church camp for the very first time? And yet, how God has expanded her influence as they began to learn her story of how God rescued her from alcoholism. Are you willing to let God rescue you from the fence rows and the boundaries of what your life has been to expand your life and expand your influence for God and for his glory in this world in ways that you can never imagine? Are you willing to tell God, I'm willing? Are you willing to tell God, I want what you want. What is it that God wants? Peter would describe it this way in chapter 3 of verse 9. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants all men everywhere to repent, to change their course, to change their direction, to go maybe where they've never gone before. That's why... In the sermon in Acts 17, it's summarized by this. Speaking of God, 
He says, God has overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day to judge the world with justice. And he'll do that by a man that he's appointed. And he's proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Speaking of the resurrected Jesus. Are you willing to ask God for a fresh start? Are you willing to ask God for open doors? Are you willing to ask God for more? We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldorf Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.